Good morning and welcome to the manual. Happy Friday. I hope you had a fantastic week and is looking forward to the weekend. It should be very nice where you are in the country. I think weather-wise in the entire country this weekend should be fairly decent. Uh, I know we are in hurricane season, so rain and tropical storms are happening. So if you're in that region of the country, please be safe. Uh, If you're not in that region of the country, please be safe. Uh, As far as the pandemic, it is still on. It is not something that has just disappeared. We are seeing surges in some of the states. um, And I think the data is obviously skewed, but that's my personal opinion. So please be safe. Um, If restrictions are lifting where you are, um, please just kind of wear a face mask to protect your neighbor. Uh, It may not be for you, but please protect your neighbor. So before I start today's episode, I want to kind of address a couple of things. I'm going to start doing some fact checking uh, for myself. And obviously, um, if I have guests on, I'll try to fact check before the next episode um, to kind of adhere to a a policy of just, you know, not misinformation or disinformation. So I was referencing um, something that I noticed um, that no one caught and maybe they did catch it and I'm just having been um, notified yet. Um, The Gen Alphas are little kids right now. And I think in my haste, what I was trying to say about the Gen Alphas is that, um, or generational um, gaps, which I'll talk about a little bit today within what I want to talk about. Um, The Gen Alphas are little kids right now. They they are watching everything that's happening. Uh, The end of the Gen Alphas, they haven't been born yet, but the youngest right now would probably be about five years old. So those uh, kids um, will obviously be the future at some point. But before the Gen Alphas, the Millennials, iGen and Gen Zs are who I was kind of referencing, um, pushing this these sweeping changes that are happening around the country and possibly around the world right now. One of the things that I've noticed uh, from my vantage point is that some of these changes are happening so fast and so quick or fast and furious. <laughs> That's actually a pretty, pretty good quote. Fast and furious that we haven't had time to process what's happening. A lot of things that have been on debate or points of contention for years, um, you know, has not been addressed or changed. I mean, for instance, the Confederate flag, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, a lot of things are, are not popular now. So a lot of cop shows like live PD off the air. Going with the wind <laughs> off the air. Um, cops off the air. The show Cops. The show Cops to me was actually, um, I, I hate to use the word hilarious because it wasn't It wasn't obviously hilarious, people getting arrested. But some of the things that they would air on Cops were on the comedic side to me. Um, people getting arrested, people running through the streets naked. That It was, it was more like a... I remember when they did Reno 911 as a um, like a spoof on cops because that's that's how we saw cops. No one that, that I knew that watched cops thought it was a really good show because it just showed people getting arrested for all kinds of stuff. There was no, I guess, racial disparaging, but it was a lot of just like mindless things that people get arrested for. The cops will be called into situations where they're like, I'm like, what is this? This guy has a chicken suit on and he's running down the street. It's crazy. But Live PD um, was kind of a, I've only, I think I only saw one episode of Lapidy, and I was like, I don't know about this show. They were riding around with police departments, I think eight in total, and they were editing film. And um, now they, they are find themselves in the midst of a controversy um, because they have the 
footage or had the footage. They said that they destroyed the footage because that's their policy of a young man being killed in Texas. So we'll see what happens with that. But it's funny that, you know, when that stuff comes up, there's no footage available um, or their, their policy was to not keep footage and things of that nature. So that's a story that's developing. If it if it gains some traction, we'll address it. If not, fuck it. So I wanted to say that, you know, I am from the um, baby bus generation, which is Generation X. My parents were the baby boomers. So it kind of like, I guess, economics and uh, what's happening in the country at the time or the world uh, globally um, is how they parse out these generations. And uh, it seems like there was a uptick in a lot of kids being born and a lot of generational wealth and, and health. And then all of a sudden, when they got to us, Generation X, my generation, um, I was born in 1974, there was a, a bust. There was a slowdown in what was going on in the world. So I am from that generation um, of the Xers. Uh, kind of a, a weird generation because we are the generation, at least from my vantage point again, is that we basically did what we're supposed to do, you know, uh, grew up, got a job, sorry, grew up, went to college, got a job, that kind of thing. Um, there wasn't a lot of um, home ownership or there's still not a lot of home ownership in our generation till late in our lives. Um, but it happens, but with our parents and their four parents, there was a lot of that kind of happening in, in the country, um, which is kind of strange upon itself, but it is what it is. So going back to the sweeping changes, things that are happening really, really fast. Like this week alone, we've had Lady Antebellum, which is a band. I'm not familiar with them, but I know what Antebellum means because I know from the Civil War. They all of a sudden want to change their name to Lady A. You know, it's their right, their prerogative, but... They're doing it because of um, they, they feel they're getting ahead of things that, you know, the name might be offensive to some people. Mm. Was it offensive when you guys formed the band <laughs> years and years ago? Now, all of a sudden, it's not popular because these uh, millennials, Gen Z's are coming for everyone. So you're getting ahead of it. Like, you know what? Let's change our name because we don't want to reference ghosts of the past. I just kind of find that comical because... All of a sudden, now it becomes offensive. It's been offensive. I don't know what the fucking deal is. But here we are. Um, NASCAR. NASCAR. Wow. So in NASCAR, um, I don't know anyone. I don't know if anyone that really watches NASCAR. I watch it on. I'm a. Um, I'm an avid fan. And I would. I, I use. I use the word fan very loosely with a lot of things that I'm fan. A fan of. And NASCAR. Um, when I was a little kid to kind of give some color here, uh, no pun intended. When I was a little kid, um, I liked stock car racing. Like most kids, I liked, you know, jet fighters and airplanes and, and earth movers and race cars. You know, my dad bought me a, uh, for Christmas, I think I was nine, I got a racetrack um, for, my, for my birthday, I believe it was. And it was, uh, and you guys may not even know these names, but if you if you do, kudos. If you don't, you could Google just for shits and giggles. Um, the race car set came with two cars. It was Richard Petty and um, Carl Yarbrough. Yes, I knew who these people were at nine years old because I watched stock car racing as a little kid, which I, which I guess NASCAR is kind of encompassing um, that thing. So NASCAR is like a... Uh, 
a basic thing where they have things under NASCAR, like truck racing series and the Daytonas and and the Indy 500 and things of that nature. There's other types of racing involved in NASCAR or the NASCAR universe. So I, you know, I knew who these people were, and um, I remember uh, there was one black race car driver back then, and. I always often wonder why there's only one one person in this sport, not knowing the history of this sport, you know, which spans about 70 years, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's it's root. Its roots are in the deep south. Um, and the one thing about the deep south as a kid, I didn't notice because I never visited the deep south. The first time I went to Florida, which I don't even look at Florida as the south because I never feel like Florida is like a like a Mississippi or a Tennessee or 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 that, you know, I actually went to Georgia within the last probably 15 years of my life that the first time I ever went to Georgia um, uh, within the 15, you know, last 15 years or so. And uh, I've never I've been to the Carolinas, both Carolinas um, for the most part. But I haven't been to like Tennessee. I haven't been to New Orleans. I haven't been to Texas, you know, uh, these places. So one thing I noticed about the sport um, was that I never used to see a lot of black people and it didn't bother me because I didn't care. I was nine years old. It wasn't something that I really had to deep dive on. But I remember a friend telling me, why do I like this sport? Um, there's no, like, we don't watch this sport. How is it a sport? Is this cars driving around a track? And for me, it was always, um, and this is going to sound so bad, but it was always about watching the crashes, um, I was a fan of the crashes and it's not because I want to see somebody die. I'm not that morbid, but what I'm talking about is that the skill it takes to drive a race car at these incredible speeds. And if you lose control, the, the chaotic things that can happen physics wise, it was just, you know, obviously if the driver was okay, yes, but if it was really, really bad, then, you know, I obviously would feel bad that I saw something like that happen. So, um, NASCAR was was, you know, it's kind of an exciting sport to some people. But the one thing I used to always notice was this flag, this weird looking flag that had an X on it with stars going across it. And it was like orange and black. I was like, what flag is this? Like, why are they flying it? And to my ignorance at the time, I the only time I knew of this flag or knew what this flag looked like at nine years old, because, again, I didn't. I wasn't awakened to anything until I was a teenager is the General Lee and what the General Lee was for those people that are my age and fans of the Dukes of Hazzard, uh, Lo, uh, Luke and Bo and their cousin Daisy and their uncle Jesse, who was making moonshine every episode and working on the farm. And the Dukes were always, you know, making trouble in Hazard County where they were from some mythical place in the south. Um, dealing with the police there and all that kind of stuff. But they, the show never kind of gave any racist undertone, I guess. Um, at least I never noticed it at nine, at nine years old, eight, seven years old. I never noticed that. But the car, the General Lee, coolest car. I think it was like a Dodge Charger. Um, coolest car I've, I've ever seen. You know, it was orange. And it had the Confederate flag on the roof of the car. And every episode, you would see the car, and they would find some kind of way to show um, show the roof of the car. 
as the guys were getting in because I think the doors were sealed shut and it was just cool how they got in the car and it, I just love the Dukes of Hazard. You know, to this day, I would actually watch an episode not knowing that the origins of that flag and even the car was named after General Lee who fought opposite of Ulysses S. Grant in the Civil War. So, in watching NASCAR, I used to see this flag all the time and I'm like, what is what is this flag? Not realizing what it was. Um... Fast forward to this week, NASCAR made a statement. I guess the new the new leadership listened to one of their one of their drivers, the only African American driver in the sport right now, Bubba Wallace, and they removed it. Or they're asking for the removal of "Do not bring it to the to the events, do not bring it on the grounds." I know for a fact that they're going to have some contention and some fights about this until that policy is swept in. But in the first races, in the first. There's going to be people that are going to go there because they feel that it's their God-given right as an American that they can bring whatever flag they want. Now, we talked about flags a couple episodes ago, and I think it was a Drew Brees episode about the disrespect for the American flag. So in things that I already knew about how the flag, the American flag, the not the stars and bars, but the American flag, grand old flag, um... I noticed that you you cannot you could not do certain things with this flag. But then I went back and kind of did some fact checking to see things that you cannot do with this flag. And I found some of the things absolutely uh, amazing that you cannot have it on cups. You cannot have it printed on things on T-shirts. You cannot, um, you know, you can have it on as a bathing suit. You can't have it around a cooler or a beer can. I mean, there was so many things that they felt that the, that is disrespectful of this flag that I was like, I mean, it was like a list upon list upon list of things. And I'm looking back now at the Drew Brees comment. And I'm like, wow, like you really, really missed the mark, buddy, because uh, this flag is not is disrespect to kneel for it is the least of your concerns. If you're if you're that gun ho about this flag kneeling in front of it in deference to it is crazy and we would always have to stick to the narrative of you know there's people that that fought with your grandfathers who weren't afforded such liberties whether they're black brown purple whatever you know so wow i did not know that so in uh in kind of you know knowing about the confederate flag now when i became an adult um or through high school to adulthood that the American, the stars and bars was obviously the flag of the Confederate States of America. Everybody knows about the split, Civil War, Jefferson Davis, the Confederacy being the seat in Richmond, which is like three hours from where I live. Um, and this flag is actually, if you look at it on its, on a tilt, represented um, treason. It represented the country breaking. Uh, that was already established. Um, there was a, a succession. So uh, this could be looked at as treason um, from the country at, at large, uh, making you're splitting from the union, hence the union that we're together. And on the precipice of you wanted to um, keep slavery going and keep that part of America the way you liked it. And... So I can see where the Confederate flag is something that uh, I think put it put it by um, one of the uh, I think it's Dale Earnhardt that he basically said 
five years ago in NASCAR that the Confederate flag has no place um, in the sport. It should be where it should be, which is in the history books. It's part of the, part of history. I actually kind of agree with that. I agree with the fact that, um, and I, I said this before, that you cannot tell a story without telling the entire thing. You cannot omit things that are uncomfortable for you because, again, the gen alphas that are coming after us, um, and everyone has a argument about keeping certain um, things alive or, you know, the ghost of the past and things of that nature. Um, sometimes you have to understand the, the uncomfortable situation that it is. Take, for instance, the Bible. There are stories in the Bible. If you are Christian, um, there are stories in the Bible that basically tell us, you know, tell us what kind of happened. Um, and when, when I say what kind of happened, it's because history, especially from the Bible, can be skewed. It can be uh, misinterpreted. Um, some things have been debunked. Uh, as far as, you know, geographic region for things happening, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing about about is that we know of stories like the flood. We know of stories um, of uh, of Jesus, you know, Jesus's life and things of that nature. Although that happened like, you know, millennia ago. But there's there's still kind of a part of a historic record. You know, even the, the record of people in bondage, whether they're Israelites, Jews, whoever, we, we have a record of it. We have a historical text in some in some matter. So we kind of have to have something. Slavery is a very major scar on this country. It actually scarred the country literally because if you look at the Missouri Compromise, um, for those of you who don't know, um, when Missouri came into the into the fold, they came in as a slave state. But states were coming together. Um, to kind of offset each other. So Missouri comes in. I think Maine was the other state that was coming in at the time. So Maine is in obviously further north. Maine was a, was a free state. Missouri came in as a um, as a slave state, and it was it's it's called the it's called the Missouri Compromise. But it it left a scar. It left sorry it left a scar on the country. And you can look at any map. Uh, if you Google the Missouri Compromise at the time, it's going to give you what states were were already established versus no, nothing that existed yet. And there's a line um, across to kind of signify a scar across the country. I, I, I had my appendix taken out when I was 17. And I think of it as my, I'm sorry, when I was 27, I think of it as my appendix being taken out. It's, it is a line across the country that you can see clearly from these maps that it, it was a divide. It was a boundary. So, the Confederate flag, finally NASCAR after 70 years have found its balls to say, well, not here and not here now forever, you know, but there's going to be contention. Good luck NASCAR with that because you're going to get people that are, that are, what do you call it? I know you want to make your fans inclusive and, and, and all that. Kudos that it took you guys uh, a while to get here, but you're here now and you got to own what you just did. You got to own that because uh, people are going to, you know, what do you call it? I want, for, I for one believe in, um, unless it's a terroristic thing, like a terroristic threat or uh, mob mentality, I believe in everyone having the right to say whatever the hell they want to say. Because again, you know, if we're going to live by the morals and the codes and the code of conducts and how America is, then everyone has a voice. Even if we would, even if we don't want to hear it. And if you don't believe that, think of the flip side of that, where you're trying to be heard now that your voice is being was being muted, but now it's being amplified. So think of that. Think of you being able to say what you want to say, just like someone else can say what they want to say. 
It doesn't it doesn't bother me because when you are able to say what you want to say, you know where someone's coming from. You know their stance versus you know that they're secret, closeted or whatever. You know where they stand. You know how they feel about certain things. You know, we all have indifference to a lot of stuff. We you know how we feel about homelessness, how we feel about poverty, how we feel about about uh, endangerment of children, how we feel about you know, immigration, how, you know, everyone, I don't care what color, creed, race, religion you're from, you have indifferences to things. And it's best to know that who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with to not know at all. And someone, you know, seeding something inside and you're like, wow, why do you feel like that? Well, tell me why you feel like that. I'm okay to have that conversation. You know, it's uncomfortable, but it is what it is because again, everyone has prejudices. Everyone has, you know, idiosyncrasies that they don't deal with or they have it inside of them it's a fact okay so we have things that are coming off the air um going with the wind (laughs) hbo decided to pull it off uh the schedule um crazy uh this movie's been out since the 1930s um i've never watched it in its entirety i've watched it kind of come into contact watching it several times but i just it doesn't it never interests me uh as a person i'm not into I'm not into that um, because I, I realized um, two things growing up um, when it came to what I watched. I noticed something as a, at a very young age that on the Flintstones and the Jetsons, which are two sides, two sides of not history in the sense of like accurate history, but it's two time, um, sorry, time periods where, you know, you have the, the very, you know, remote past and then you have the distant future. And in both those cases, you never saw people of color on these shows, whether they were uh, Spanish, Chinese, uh, black, whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute. So we weren't part of the past or the future. It's kind of weird. But then you have to look at when these when these uh, two uh, cartoons were originated and maybe one of the maybe this was purposeful how they did it or maybe by accident. I don't know. But um, I also grouped the the show Friends in this. Um, I've never been a fan of Friends. I've saw episodes uh, here and there. If I'm waiting to go somewhere and I'm, you know, I'm channel surfing and I happen to land on Friends, I never thought Friends. First of all, I never thought it was funny. I thought the um, the interactions between Joey um, and Chandler were were pretty genuine because they were, you know, guys living together in New York in New York City. Um, that were, you know, they were young guys and kind of hip to the cultures of things that were happening in their city. But there was never any inclusions of stuff. Like, you never saw, like, them have someone... And again, if I'm wrong, somebody correct me because I just admitted I don't... I never watched Friends. I never watched episodes of Friends or seasons of Friends. But what I did see, I never saw inclusion of a lot of things in society. Um, inclusion. I never saw episodes that were even socially conscious about anything. Like they never talked about gay rights. They, they never talked about um, something. If something happened with a black friend or like they never had anything like that. They never had sexual harassment on the show. Like it was just about people just living their lives. But I'm like, wait a minute. How do you live your life without contact or interactions with any of these kind of social um these social things it's, it was it was a weird thing and now the producer or the creator of the show comes out a couple of days ago talks about oh and going back to watch to watch it and and revisit it um there was no inclusion 
Um, and I'm sorry for that. Who gives a fuck? You wrote the show. You wrote the show then. David Zimmer, I think his name is Zimmer, the, the guy that played Ross. He mentioned um, many times in interviews after Friends that he always felt the show was a little jaded. Like it, it didn't represent a lot of society. He said that. Kudos to him, man. Because he's, I think he's the only one that ever spoke out about how the show felt like it was whatever. He didn't, I guess he didn't speak loud enough because he was getting a check. And an interesting fact about some of these um, syndications. So we know in syndication that when a show goes off the air, once it's re, you know picked up by another network or whatever for reruns, you get a, a, a royalty check. I did not know <laughs> that these people, this is insane to me. This is actual actual thing that they get upwards of millions of dollars, each of them, millions of dollars a year in rerun money. And I'm like, wait a minute. So I've heard of I've heard of shows where guys said, hey, yeah, I get a check for eight dollars every time there's an episode of of Sanford and Son or some shit. But they, the Friends and Seinfeld was so popular, was so popular. Right. And I think I think my, the Sopranos might be up here, too, where their residual money is like they can actually live on that. That's millions of dollars. I think Jennifer Anderson made 18 million dollars one year from friends residual money and i'm like wow that show was that popular that was you know but then you gotta remember when that was out seinfeld was out seinfeld was the first person i think i remember making a million dollars an episode (laughs) this is crazy that is crazy to me but uh it is what it is so with all these sweeping changes and all these things that are happening i'm i'm wondering if we are on a cusp of overreaction that things are happening where you have CEOs of companies coming out. I think the CrossFit company CEO resigned. You have companies revisiting their inclusion policies. You, you, you have companies looking into their business models or how they do business, where they do business. And I've said this before. If a neighborhood is in a zone where there's propensity for violence or crime or things of that nature, you won't see certain stores in certain places, obviously, per capita, um, as income barriers exist, you know, you, you're not going to see a Whole Foods in a in a hood. You're not going to see certain mom and pops in Beverly Hills because that's kind of like the culture. So now you got people revisiting things and trying to be more in- inclusive of, of that. But economics, don't get it fucked up. Economics drives all of these motivations and factors because your green matters. Everyone's green matters. I don't care what color you are. Your green matters. If you spend money, they want your money. So they're going to do everything to stay on the positive side of things that are happening now. All the sweeping changes to not be left out. So all the tap dancing you're seeing right now is from government is to get your vote. Not saying that they don't care because I'm pretty sure some people actually care about the issues that they bring forth and the things that they fight for for you on your behalf. But at the end of the day, let's not get it messed up that, you know, hey, it's, it's election time <laughs> in a few months right now, you know, and people are out to get your vote. So I've always said I don't matter until you come around for you for your vote. And then four years later, nothing's done for me. So. You know, I think one of the things that we have to uh, recognize and realize is that when it comes to voting, when it comes to who you put in power, um, I think I forgot. I don't know if it was um, 
of this George Floyd, George Floyd fallout was that the voting has to happen on every level. It just can't be for the presidency. It has to be on your local level for judges in your county, for sheriffs in your county, for um, aldermen and councilmen and congressmen and mayors and governors, um, city council, uh, council at the school, um, PTA, all that stuff has to, you have to have a say in what's going on. Because if you don't, then you're wondering why are policies the way they are? Why don't they don't listen to people? Because the majority is going to rule the majority of whatever it is. Um, we all know race relations in this country uh, is from a vantage point. Uh, but as a whole, it is systemic for someone in, in a presidential cabinet to come out publicly and say that they don't recognize systemic racism in this country is blind to the fact. And it is actually sad and depressing to know that people are either that ignorant or or that dismissive of things that people are living in this country, whether they are white, black, indifferent. They are living that. And, and I, like I said, I, I beat this word down for what it is. Racism can exist within populations and demographics that we don't think about because it's about race and within race there are divisions there are poor whites there are rich whites you know what i'm saying you know every every uh every white person alive didn't own slaves that's a fact it was something of a social status i guess it wasn't everyone having something just like every one of us right now are not millionaires it's just how it is you know some of us can afford certain things some of us can't you know, and that's how that is. If uh, if the let me um, let me let me pause for a second to kind of address something. And this is something personal for me. There are things in, in life in your own if your own life, if you can think about um, your life in its totality as of right now, from when you started breathing to right now, this moment that I'm talking to you, you've um. You've experienced a lot of things and some things you've missed out on because you either were misinformed or disinformed about it. And you made a decision based on what what you thought was best for you. I call them sliding doors. I think that's the paradox. Things that things that if you say, you know what, I'm not going to go to that college. I'm going to go to this college. I'm not going to take that job. I'm going to this job. I'm not going to take that promotion. I'll stay in my current position because we weigh the options of things that can that can happen we weigh the good and the bad you know with more money becomes more responsibility which means less time with the family which means no vacation so i don't want that job i don't want that promotion because some people aren't built like that some people like with that i get more money to go on vacation to spend more time with the family to afford a better home to afford a better school college for my kid So a lot of things are based on the decisions that you make. And then the ones that we have no control of, like wars. um, So the Civil War, to the point I'm trying to make, the Civil War was probably, we've had wars in in society. We have wars in this country and world that have have changed things. World War I, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Gulf War. Um, and then all the little skirmishes that still happen around the planet. 
But these major of these major wars, the Civil War is uniquely different, as I mentioned, because it was a war that was waged on the shores and on the ground of this country for fundamental things such as the rights and freedoms of the people of this country. You know, human beings um, are born with inherent rights. And then some rights are stripped from people because they are not looked at as human beings. Slavery is a very was was a very harsh thing, obviously, as we know. But from a psychological and um, socioeconomic standpoint, it was a devastating thing because in the South, <laughs> losing the Civil War. Yeah, guys lost the war, got your asses kicked in that regard. The economic collapse that that uh, proceeded led to all this that we happen to have happened now. That was all based on a direct, direct effect of that war, of what happened. The South was mighty because of, you know, the production of certain industries that were fueled by slavery. And by that going down, they experienced an economic downtick. And what happened So that changed a lot of things That also changed a lot of things For uh, people of color who were freed Because then that started the age of of uh, The black holes Jim Crow, segregation All this other stuff Because again, people aren't resistant to, ch- resistant to change People people aren't so welcoming to sweeping changes um, Imagine someone who had acquired great wealth In the 1700s and have probably had two generations, three generations worth of money that's tied into slavery. And then all of a sudden that that whole thing just collapse and all that money is gone. You know, money that you that your great, great, great grandfather had amassed fortunes that they've that have amassed through industries that were fueled by slavery is gone. It changes things. You know, we we know we all know about the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts and the Carnegie's of the world that have generational wealth. And I'm not tying these people to slavery. So that's not my point here. What I'm saying is that they have wealth that were was passed down to their generations. Anderson Cooper is a Vanderbilt. If you guys didn't know that Anderson Cooper on CNN is a fan. His mother was Gloria Vanderbilt, direct descendants of the Vanderbilts. Guy's a trust fund kid. <laughs> I actually like Anderson. He's pretty dope. Um, so a lot of things that have happened are direct reflection of of things in this country that had to happen. We've had to have these wars or these these uh, civil unrest or whatever you want to call it. You know, you have I spoke of Juneteenth the other day. The president of the United States will be making a speech or a rally. I'm not laughing. Ha ha. I'm laughing because I can't just the mitigation, the gall here. Uh, on Juneteenth, he's going to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to give a speech, to give a rally. And <laughs> Juneteenth. And it's the anniversary, I think, of the Black Wall Street situation, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong, so let me let me not overreach here. But you guys get the backdrop here of what's going on, of the, of the direct correlation with optics and how things kind of spell out for us. I am not one to carry my race on my sleeve. Never kind of been like that. 
very plot um very proud black man excuse me very proud black man always been i've uh, i've told you guys i i've never wanted to be nothing but a black man i don't i don't i i in watching <laughs> in watching certain things that happen um and knowing all the problems that we have i just i just think it's i mean god god didn't make a mistake when he made me i think he made me in this shell for a reason and i i, I like it Albeit all the problems that we come in encounter with, I don't want to be anything else but this. And in that, um, after having the childhood that I had uh, without um, inclusion of certain things um, as an adult, uh, I didn't I, I didn't make it a point to go out and have diverse friendships. But it became normal for me to have interactions with people that weren't like me and then kind of realizing that we're all just people. You know, we're divided by certain things. We're you know divided by a class system that exists in this country. We're also divided by, um, you know, economic status, education, things of that nature. And again, I know, I know, everything has everything was a playing field. You know, education wasn't afforded to everyone. I get it. Understand that. I'm not. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that having a broader horizon makes you understand things. So it is not a mistake or it is not um, a fad that the, the, I guess the best 10, 15 selling books right now are about race on Amazon and on Borders and on all these, all these book um, platforms. Yeah, it is a, it is a time of a lot of fad stuff going on, but is it's probably one of the loudest things that I can remember in my lifetime um, with, a, with things being focused on. And with that, I hope the message is not lost or skewed or, or turned upside down. But in the midst of all this, we still have things to deal with. We still have contention. This is not going to be, oh, we're just going to change this and it's, it's going to stay changed. There are going to be people that to fight and oppose things that are happening. That's just the way America is. That's the premise of the Constitution is that everyone has a voice. So... You know, we we will try to mute what it is, but we've all seen us get muted. <laughs> and how that how does that work out? How does that work out? How does how does that kind of go sometimes? You know, how does that go sometimes? So in the, the generations that came before us, obviously we have like the lost generation, the silent generation, the baby boomers, the Gen X's, the Gen Y's. The millennials, the Gen Zs, and then of course the Gen Alphas, who are who are going to be, um, I think my my grandson and my granddaughter are Gen Alphas, and they're gonna they're gonna be on the side of this where a lot of history right now, or whether you like it or not, is um, the preservation of is going to be skewed and and destroyed. Um, I am not standing on a platform to say that, oh, keep keep remnants and ghosts of the past alive. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you cannot tell the entire story without telling all of it. The Confederate flag does belong in a museum. It doesn't belong to be flown on state capitals in the South. It doesn't belong to be put up somewhere um, to make people feel like if they're coming to a sport to patron that they see these these flags as a, a symbol of hate. You know, Nazi Germany was propaganda central 
from what I understand, in Germany, you can't even have a swastika displayed anywhere. It is against the law. And there's, there's extreme laws on how they deal with that. And, the, and this country, <laughs> this country dealt with, I mean, being identified as a, as a, as a, as a white national stronghold at one point in history. And they've all but erased it from history. We know it happened because there's been history written about it, but they, you know, addressed it the way they should. So I agree the stars and bars should not be flown proud. I I live in a part of the country where uh, if I go further south from here, I see them. Um, I actually can see them in Maryland. It's kind of crazy to me because Maryland's like a funny state. They got an urban. It's like Jersey. Jersey's a very funny state. Jersey, Jersey, we don't see Confederate flags, but meaning that we have a shoreline, <laughs> um, urban centers, open land, farmland, and and stuff like that in Jersey. One state, we have all that kind of going on. But Maryland is kind of like you'll you'll go to parts of Maryland and see Confederate flags. I'm like, what? Where are we? And then you'll just not see them. And I'm like, what? What was that about? What was that about? So you know when you look at um, how you look, how you look at respecting a flag, whether it's the United States of America's star, um, red, white, and blue, or stars and bars, a flag represents something. It represents, you know, you know, we we've come to know whether this is true or not about the American flag that it it represents the United States. The United States. The Confederate flag does not represent the United States. It never did. It never did. It was an opposition. And I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably do some reading more on the Confederate flag, to the origins of it, just for just common knowledge, you know, for me to understand things. But you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Like I didn't I didn't know as a kid what that flag really stood for. So I got to be an adult and then things kind of came into clarity like, oh, okay, wow, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I want to thank you guys today for listening to the manual. I hope you had a great week. As I stated, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you stay safe. I hope you um, are doing the best to put your best self forward. Thank you for choosing the manual and peace.